0: Good morning, welcome to Back Chat. I'm Danny Giddings. Your guest presenter this morning is Rainbow Learn. Good morning, Rainbow. Good morning. In our main topic today, we're discussing plans to raise the penalties for drivers providing unlicensed ride-hailing services such as Uber. The government has accepted lawmaker Frankie Yips' proposal to substantially increase the jail terms for such drivers, who can now be jailed for up to 12 months. In a move aimed at tackling the growing popularity of unregulated car hire services. While most cities in the region have liberalized their licensing regime, Hong Kong remains reluctant to create a regulatory framework allowing private vehicles to legally offer cab-like services. So how much business are local taxi drivers really losing to services like Uber? Will tougher penalties make it much difference? And is it time for Hong Kong to follow other Asian cities in more widely legalizing ride ride-hailing services? Late in the programme, we're also going to be hearing from the organisers of the Translantal race, which kicks off tomorrow. Do let us know what you think about either topic, so you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call. A number there, 233-88-266. Our guests in the first phase of the discussion, we have uh, lawmaker Frankie Yip, who represents the functional constituency of a transport and put forward the uh, proposal to uh, uh, increase penalties for um, Uber and other ride-hailing drivers, which now appears to be accepted by the government. And we also have Mr. KY Leung. Uh, uh, Mr. Lung is the uh, former president of the uh, Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport. And in the interest of full disclosure, uh, although this is not the capacity either uh, Mr. Lung or I appear in, we are also colleagues working at Hong Kong Youth Space. Um, uh, Mr Iick, uh, good morning Let's go to you Hi. first Yeah, good morning uh, So uh, presumably you're happy that the government has accepted your proposal
1: Well, I, I'm not, I cannot say I'm happy I'm just speaking on behalf of the taxi train Okay, and the reason why uh, we, we come up with this amendment was because our government is uh, proposing a double up penalty for the uh, taxi drivers if they are a repeated offender on certain criminal offence so, on the same token, why not for those illegal uh, uh, car hiring uh, drivers? So, I think we are just talking about a fair term for both sides.
0: So, you think that's equality? But I mean, some uh, um, some taxi driver representatives have said that there should be more that um, uh, car hire uh, illegal car hire ride drivers should be um, punished more severely than taxi drivers who commit offences. Well, what's your opinion on that?
1: Well, people are suggesting that in fact uh, it's true because uh, you're, if you're carrying what we call illegal carriage of passengers with a fee, that is already a criminal offence, first of all. And then if you are a repeated offender, then you're supposed to have a higher penalty. But of course, uh, right now we are talking about, we have been negotiating with the government. What uh, So at least we have to double up, as, as, at least at par with the, uh, the legal drivers. So,
2: so if there's a mismatch, I mean, why is there a mismatch? I, I, I don't understand why there's one, you know, set of rules for taxi drivers and one set of rules for for um, unlicensed car hires.
1: Well, this is the part we don't understand because if you remember, we uh, we, have, we have the trade talk to the government that, that because of the uh, the uh, the more and more serious illegal uh, uh, carriage of uh, passenger with a fee, so they suggest that the government should uh, increase the penalty so that to deter those people to commit that kind of offence. And then at that time, people are thinking, oh, maybe we should, uh, 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 because the government can take away, the uh, hold the car for uh, half a year uh, at most, if, uh, for the second, uh, I mean, the repeated offence. So then uh, the uh, train the people in the trade suggest, hey, how about you increase the, uh, the term to one year so that that will further deter people to do the same thing. So uh, that was the beginning of the discussion. So the government started to object, adopt that. But as what I said, the time has changed because at the very beginning, when this kind of uh, services appear in the Hong Kong market, uh, those car owners, they subscribe to those uh, uh, services and then provide the service on their own. But now the, uh, those uh, platforms, they already uh, have moved to a, a stage that they can rent you a car. So then you can, you can just rent a car from a A company to, and then uh, subscribe to these other sort of services. And then if your car if you're caught by the police, then your car get caught. Then they can go to the uh, next car hiring company. So there will be a possibility for the repeat offender.
0: Mr Yig, I think you suggested in the past that um, if uh, a, a driver is caught uh, suspected providing um, unlawful um, uh, riding services, the car should be seized by the police immediately. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, After the, the court has made the judgment. Oh, after the that's a big difference, right? Not immediately, right? You you okay. wait until you wait until the court judgment, right? So how how, how would that work? I mean, the governments would uh, they're not going to oh, just what resell the car or they just they, they, they don't have oh, any to...
1: in, in the government, the police uh, uh, car park uh, is compact uh, So to keep the car there, lock it up for uh, for whatever period: three months, the second first offense, second offense, six months, and now. Uh, the government proposal to increase it to a maximum of 12 months. That's all.
2: But Mr Yik, um, does upping the penalties really work in practice? Sorry, say it again. Does increasing the penalties, does that really work in practice? Because uh, Uber is operational as normal, as far as yeah. I can see.
1: Actually, nobody knows. And in fact, even the law said that now the maximum penalty is 12 months but uh, you're always subject to the court's decision on what sort of sentence it's going to give.
0: Aren't you really fighting a losing battle here? I mean, we look at sort of Singapore and all these places around uh, Asia, not to mention the rest of the world that have um, have licensed um, Uber or in Singapore it's Grab, isn't it, right? But um, similar services. And Hong Kong, I mean, especially when uh, we're talking about attracting visitors back to Hong Kong, they arrive with the Uber app. I, I had to explain to some uh, visitors where I work from the UK just last week. They said, oh, I can use Uber. I, I said, well, actually, that is illegal in Hong Kong. And they, 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 they found that very strange. It's, it's, it's not great for Hong Kong's image, surely, Mr. It.
1: I think it's up to the government's uh, final decision because in Hong Kong we are talking about congestion on the road. And we have a very comprehensive public transport system here in Hong Kong as well. Uh, the question is, do we really need additional higher-class services in Hong Kong society? It's up to the government to really decide on that. But from my personal point of view, we have a good enough uh, public services over here right now with the existing public transport system
2: there's clearly a demand though for services like uber um you know the, the cars are generally cleaner they're more efficient on the whole i think they're safer and, and people are willing to pay for that
1: so i i would i cannot say that they are safer you know that's what you say but <laughs> there, there are certain demand of course i i do understand okay but uh, the, on the other hand the why people look for the, uh, this kind of uh, higher class services is because uh, some of the uh, Hong Kong citizens, they are not happy with the services by the taxi trade right now, that we all understand. And that is why the government at the same time introduced another bill. This is the taxi fee thing, OK? But hopefully by introducing the taxi fee, then the government can impose a kind of uh, management over there so that uh, people can improve the services, which as the start. And hopefully by the end of the day, more and more people will join. And this is the initiative by the government, which we fully support.
0: Okay, let's bring in the uh, second of our guests, uh, KY a uh, former president of the uh, Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, who I think was just laughing in the background just now
3: when uh, my, <laughs> uh,
0: my, uh, my uh, co-host suggested that Uber, Uber cars are safer. Uh, are Uber cars safer, KY? Uh, uh,
3: well, of course, I, I, well, there's really no guarantee for, say, for Uber car because for taxi. At least government regulation required to be inspected uh, uh, regularly, uh, so that there are some sort of guarantee or assurance. But for you Uber, is basically a private car, and if it's within six years of its, uh, its life, uh, you don't really have to subject to any inspection. Uh, so, and for the for the driver. Basically, uh, 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 a taxi driver is, uh, apart from the taxi licensing exam, uh, which is more on whether you know the road or not, uh, there's not much on the skill. But at least you have to be sort of, uh, 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 you don't have committed uh, serious accident before you actually become a taxi driver. Uh, but for Uber, well, anybody will with a, uh, a private car license, can be the driver. So I do not see how Uber ca- uh, is safer than a taxi. But on the other hand, Uber is therefore more comfortable, and uh, 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 seen as more comfortable and, and more convenient uh, and, uh, and more responsive to, say, if you want to call a, call a vehicle. Uh, that's true, and that's why the demand still uh, exists. And... If the demand exists, then the problem is there's demand, uh, and then even if you step up the, the, the penalty for those who found to be offend, uh, the offenders, I, I'm afraid the, the situation or, say, this illegal high car will still uh, carry on and still exist.
2: I, I suppose my reference to safety was um, I hear much more in the news about taxi accidents and I don't really hear anything about Uber accidents.
3: Well, because a taxi in a traffic accident then is, of course, uh, reported in the news as a taxi accident. Mm. But for, 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 for this illegal high car, it's just another private car accident. Is
0: K- KY, is the government fighting a losing battle? I mean, Uber is widely used. I'll uh, say It's not illegal for passengers to use it. I've used it myself occasionally. Uh, um, it, uh, is the government fight, fighting a losing battle to try and stop it in Hong Kong?
3: Uh, now, first of all, let me declare myself I've never used this sort of service. <laughs> Maybe because of my my involvement in, in, in the transfer uh, profession, uh, if I've been seen, I think it's not really reflected on me. So I've never used it. But uh, I will agree. Well, actually, one thing that we we, we can do is uh, a. The government is fighting a, a losing battle because, uh, or we we cannot follow what other cities because we do have a uh, taxi premium for our taxi. It's several million dollars before you. There's a right of operation. So uh, on that part, taxi is a disadvantage. Uh, even though, of course. Uh, you uh, say, for example, Uber charge, sometimes I understand it's double the, the fee taxi license. But uh, it's actually difficult to go for taxi. And the only way I can see is actually, as Frankie has just uh, mentioned, then move towards having a free managed, uh, a, a properly managed fleet of taxi. They They may still be they may still be, uh, they, are, they are probably still subject to the uh, license, taxi licence premium. That is, only existing taxi can join, and they can charge higher, but at the same time, they have provide better surf- They have to provide better service. Let, let, they, let,
0: yes, sorry, please finish.
3: Uh, maybe that is the approach, uh, as far well as I can see, to uh, uh, fight against the illegal uh, 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 private car hire.
0: Yeah, well, let's go back to uh, Frankie Yip on the taxi fleet uh, proposal because um, we've uh, there there is a bill currently before the Legislative Council which uh, I think would allow that. But um, uh, Frankie Yip, uh, several representatives of the taxi trade have suggested they're not very enthusiastic about this idea of taxi fleets. They think it would involve a lot of extra costs, be rather difficult. Frankie Yip?
1: Yeah, uh, well, we heard uh, some people say that the uh, the term is not really attractive. Uh, in fact, I, I, I told the government in the bills committee meeting as well But uh, on the other hand, uh, I also heard of uh, some other groups of people that are interested to be for it. So I think uh, if you look at the business itself, the taxi is always a kind of uh, necessity in any city. So it's just a matter of how good you you run your operation. And I do believe if we we help the taxi trade to improve the service level, I'm sure people will go back to the taxi.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, what I heard about the taxi fleet, and I don't know if this is up to date, is um, the requirements are going to be things like, the, you know, the car's got to be less than three years old and they're going to start introducing e-payment options. And actually, that's one, that's one thing about traditional taxis, which is, I think, sorely lacking. I, I never understand why you always need cash to travel by a taxi, whereas obviously Uber, there's the ease of having the e-payment options
0: uh, thank well, uh,
1: thank you. let's go back to the, uh, the, the existing taxi operation. Now, the uh, taxi drivers, they are all uh, individual uh, owners, uh, actually running their own business. They ran they, they a taxi from mm-hmm. a taxi uh, company, and then they are their own boss. So the reason why they don't want to go for the e-payment is because they want to have the money straight away on the same day first. Uh, because normally if you go for the e-payment system then uh, it will take a couple of days before you can get the cash the second one is that uh, the merchant has to pay for the administrative fee and that means they will take away two to three percent from their uh, daily income third uh, they are afraid that there will be no more tips for them (laughs) because people go for the e-payment then a hundred dollars is hundred dollars right for another five dollars so these are the, the major reasons why they don't want to adopt that but uh, as what we understand, with the fleet uh, management coming up, uh, is a, a kind of mandatory uh, equipment that you have to install the e-payment system. And uh, in fact, if you read the newspaper yesterday on the SCMP, there was already an article talking about the introduction of uh, e-payment gateway for the taxi trade. Which uh, uh, several of us uh, legislators went down to look at the uh, the operation of that yesterday, and which I think is quite okay because. Now, that will take away the issues that I just mentioned about. The uh, First, on the same day payment, because this uh, uh, payment gateway uh, is a fintech company. They will give the, uh, transfer the money back to the, uh, the taxi driver on the same day, first of all. Secondly, they are not going to charge the taxi driver. They are going to charge the passenger on an administrative fee. And to me, I think it's okay uh, as far as you clearly indicate in your... Uh, information so that the passenger they do have a, a choice whether whatever kind of payment they want to make so uh, the tips of course you can always add on top so I think with this new system coming, in uh, that will help uh, the other individual uh, taxi operators uh, to, to install this uh, payment system and I think in fact uh, the time has changed more and more drivers are willing to do that nowadays
2: yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is supposed to be a smart city, but certainly our taxis are not. So, so, Mr Yik, how soon can we expect that to come?
1: Well, I understand there's already 100 taxis already installed, and they are going to, oh. uh, within a, a couple of months, there will be a few hundred more. And uh, with the fees operation in place, that you'll op- you see a few thousand on the road if uh, people are interested to bid for it. So I think gradually people will move on because uh, I, actually handling of cash is a kind of a troublesome. You know?
2: mm.
0: Uh, let me uh, read a, a comment that's coming from a listener, um, uh, Mr. Yick. Uh, 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 Chi says, um, if you ask anyone who can, who's used a taxi whether they can remember the registration number of the taxis they used, I think the implication there is very difficult to remember the registration number of a taxi. With Uber, one can easily find out. That's more safety it's time for Hong Kong to move on from the antiquated taxi service to ride-hailing, ride which benefits most both drivers and customers except for the taxi licence holders. Uh, Mr Yick, would you like to respond to our listener?
1: Well, well I c- cannot understand why people say it's difficult to identify the vehicle number, because there's a plate on the left-hand side of the door. Uh, on, I mean, uh, appeared a- on the uh, left-hand side door of the taxi. There's uh, 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 clearly a-, a number there, so... I cannot understand why it's difficult to find out.
2: Oh, I, I hadn't, personally hadn't realised that. I always thought you had to peer at the front or the back of the um, the car itself.
1: Well, you no, there you There are two ways. One is the uh, the driver's uh, 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 say it is uh, uh, a a card showing the driver's uh, photo and also his lane and also the vehicle number, which is at the front uh, on the uh, the dashboard. But actually, on every single taxi, on the right hand, uh, left hand side of the door the passengers will find the number
0: there. Uh, well, yeah. well, we learn something new on Backchat every yeah. day. I, I suppose <laughs> the point our listeners'
2: making is, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, if you do that in a traditional taxi, you're going to have to take positive steps to, you know, take photos, whatever, OK? Whereas with Uber, it's, it's, there's also already a, a trail on your mobile phone.
1: Now, with the uh, new uh, e-payment system that I uh, uh, just mentioned about, everything is on your phone, all information, even the receipts automatically come
2: up. Ah, oh, the payment gateway? Yeah. Oh, I've
1: seen okay. that yesterday. Yes, pretty, which is pretty good.
0: Okay. Uh, I know you have to go in a moment, Mr. Yee. I'm just curious, before you go, how far would you go in terms of increasing penalties uh, to try and stop ride-hailing services like Uber? I mean, in Macau, as far as I understand, they put a stop to Uber by uh, punishing the passengers as well as the drivers. Would you, um, would you suggest that the government should introduce something in Hong Kong, similar to Hong Kong?
1: Well, there's... Uh, Quite a lot of different ways to handle the situation. Uh, some of the countries, they give a very heavy penalty. Some of them just say, hey, because you're not complying with the law in that particular city, so you're not allowed to operate. There's so many ways to do it. So I think it's, uh, I have to leave it to the government to find the proper way to handle it. But simply increasing the penalty, it doesn't really help at all.
0: Okay, thank thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. That was uh, Frankie Yick, uh, the lawmaker of the Functional Constituency in Transport. Uh, Let me bring in another comment from a listener, and we'll go back to uh, KY Leung. Uh, Mike says, and talking about sort of um, restricting Uber and other drivers, what, and let the common man try and earn a living without government control and interference? I don't think so. After the government has been given the opportunity to control the taxi trade better, a huge percentage of taxi drivers smoke in their vehicles, thinking, as long as no customer, I can do as I wish. Except the smoke residue gets on the seats and the passenger's clothes. It's only one of many issues. While you can grade an Uber driver instantly, creating a grading system makes the service better. Uh, K.Y. Lung, this comes back to what you were saying earlier, that we can't necessarily say that Uber cars are safer, but um, they they do, uh, do appear to be providing more comfortable vehicles, don't they?
3: That's true. Uh, service is better. And uh, actually, I think the whole problem starts with tax, the, the characteristic, how taxi service is provided in Hong Kong is provided by individual operators. Each tri- taxi driver is his own operator on one hand. And and also, as I mentioned just earlier, the, the, the taxi uh, premium, uh, taxi license premium. These are the two things that which cannot easily be moved uh, to to fight against the issue or to mitigate the issue of well the taxi industry is only operated by individual operators uh, that's why we say having free operation, then you can actually well if you have free operation, of course it will be much easier to to make a complaint. Now, with individual operator, well, apart from having the, the taxi uh, taxi vehicle number plate, you can always ask for a receipt as well, which gives you much more details. But the problem is, if you want to make a complaint against the taxi, the the, 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 the yuckstack is whether they actually has, uh, 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 uh been uh, against the law or whether they actually... Uh, if it's, uh, what their performance or their behavior is illegal, is uh, then you can complain. And normally, even when you complain to against the taxi service or taxi ride, uh, the you you call the transport complaint unit. They say that okay, all you can do is to report to the police. And that is why you will never have a service that is as good as uh, say Uber under the existing organization or existing set up, and the only way is to actually introduce uh, a, a free operation where you can actually properly properly manage the service, and also uh, talking about whether to actually uh, uh, prosecute the the, the p- passengers using illegal service. I don't think that is the way. In a way that if government as a whole, or our own existing uh, uh, legal regime, does not lead to a provision of uh, a satisfactory service that the public, uh, at least some member of the public want a substantial number, then I don't think it's fair to, to penalise the user. Uh, so the, the, the approach is actually provide that, try to set up to provide that better service.
2: So, so, on the issue of better service, um, you say that most traditional taxis are run by indiv- individual operators. So, what, what can the government do to incentivize those individual operators into doing more to improve and upgrade the quality of the taxis?
3: Well, well, you do need proper management, and that is why you have to move towards uh, managed freight. And that fleet to incentivize them, to incentivize people to, to actually, okay, I set up taxi free. For particular surface, which is much more high quality, whether it's newer vehicle, whether it's better uh, surface natural uh, children and drivers, whether it's easier to make to to call or to hail a taxi, all these are actually improvement in surface, and that can only be uh, possible if they are allowed to charge a, a higher taxi fare, which is reasonable because after all, the the the, fare, uh, the fee that charged by Uber is substantially higher than than the taxi fare, and yet there are people uh, patronising it, sub- uh, using it as well. So the market is there. It's a matter of how we actually uh, uh, set up the necessary uh, 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 legal regime and regulatory regime to actually encourage this sort of new service. But, but, as, is Danny, one.
2: but as Danny mentioned earlier on, there's a general reluctance you know, for 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 taxi operators to opt into these fleet operation type of structure.
3: But as also Frankie mentioned, there are people who say they're interested, and well, for those who are not interested, let them let them operate as in in the existing mode. But if there are in, people interested, you always need some early adopters, even in terms of fleet operator, right? Uh, you set up the. The 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 uh, regime okay. with all the the uh, 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 laws revised, and then you you try to ahead. okay instead of okay. somebody to
0: come in. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to interrupt there. We're going to take a break for the news, but um, uh, k Running will stay with us. we join all guests. We'll continue the discussion about uh, uh, taxi industry and Ubers in Hong Kong, and later we we'll are talking to the organisers of a, a mega race across uh, uh, Lantau. Uh, the uh, weather forecast is going to be mainly cloudy with one or two light rain patches, but they're going to be sunny intervals later on. Uh, the uh, temperature will be rising to 28 degrees, and the outlook actually is that it will be sunny, although with some cloud and wind over the weekend. Currently 25 degrees, uh, red of humidity 81%. It's 9.30. Here's Hayley with the news.
2: Israel's military says 50,000 Palestinians have left the Gaza city area after Israeli forces opened the main road leading to the south. Hamas-run authorities said that Israeli airstrikes killed more than 100 people in the southern Gaza Strip in the past 24 hours. An Israeli military spokesman said they would continue to encourage people to leave. Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka, has been testifying in New York in a civil trial that threatens the family's property empire. She's responding to accusations of fraud at the company. Ms. Trump is not a defendant in the trial and has sought to distance herself from the Trump organization. And the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department has reminded travelers to take action to avoid bringing bedbugs home in the face of outbreaks overseas. I'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock.
0: The 2023 District Council Ordinary Election is on December 10th. Electors must vote at their allocated polling stations and show their ID cards for verification to collect the ballot. Those in need may use the special queue. Geographical constituency electors must stamp one tick on the ballot, flip it over, keep it unfolded, and put it into the ballot box. For district committee's constituency, electors must use the black pen to fill in the ovals and check the ballot at their polling stations.
1: Employees covered by the minimum wage ordinance are entitled to receive the minimum wage, regardless of their mode of employment. From the 1st of May, 2023, the statutory minimum wage is raised to $40 per hour. Employees with disabilities can opt for a productivity assessment and receive their wages accordingly. Employees and employers should know the minimum wage ordinance. For details, call 2717-1771.
0: Welcome back to Mac Chat. I'm Danny Giddings. Your guest presenter this morning is Rainbow Leung. In the second half of the show, we're going to be continuing our discussion about uh, the taxi trade and ride-hailing services such as Uber in Hong Kong. On the back of the news that the uh, government has accepted uh, lawmaker Frankie Yick's proposal to substantially increase the uh, jail terms for drivers using, uh, who run unlicensed ride-hailing services such as Uber. Uh, later on in the programme, we're going to be talking to the organisers of this mega Translantau race, which um, uh, kicks off. Tomorrow, if you've got any thoughts on either of these topics, you can uh, email us at backchat at rthk. hk, or you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free, or give us a call on two three three. Double eight two six six. Our guest, as we continue the discussion, uh, still with us, uh, Ky Leung, <coughs> the former president of the uh, Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport. We're also now joined by Tony Z. Tony Z is associate professor of civil and In- environmental engineering at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Good morning, Mr. Z. Welcome to Back Chat. Good morning. Uh, we've been hearing a lot of co- uh, suggestions earlier on the show that really that. Um, Ride-hailing services like Uber are um, inevitable in Hong Kong. The technology te- it tells you more about um, uh, where you're driving. In so- some senses, um, it can be um, can be be safer in terms of having immediate access to the number for the car. What well, What are your views?
4: I think I agree with KY that actually some customer they are actually looking for better service, like uh, they want to say get a, a better service that uh, the car more comfortable or more safe, and even for a more flexible payment method. I think I agree with KY actually.
2: So, in your view, should Uber be legalized then? Because once it's legalized, then you can, then the government can sort of regulate.
4: Oh. Um, uh, or, or an other alternative method would be that. How about uh, introduce a platform that actually now the Uber Taxi they introduce a online platform that the uh, uh, the the driver can actually get the 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 order for the platform, and also the, the the customer can see the score of the the driver, and also pay pay for the uh, different kind of electronic method.
0: Uh, let's go back to K Y Lung, who we had to uh, cut off before the news. Because uh, K Y, you were talking about uh, taxi fleets and saying that's the way forward. And of course, we're talking about how taxi drivers are, are, are reluctant, seem to be reluctant to join these taxi fleets. And you are saying, well, really, they would have to be allowed to charge high fares. As far as I understand the government proposals, the uh, taxi fleets would be allowed to charge high fares if you called a taxi, but um, if you hailed one on the street. It would be the same as any other fare. And presumably, there's a practical issue there that um, you won't know until you get... If you had different fares, you wouldn't know until you got into the cab what the fare for that cab was, right?
3: Well, uh, you know, because you you, 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 you make a uh, uh, call uh, to, to a taxi, then you know that you're subject to... You can see it's some sort of calling charge, right? Uh, whereas you carry on the street, then uh, whether it's a... Uh, a uh, freight taxi, you, you call it that way, or whether it's a normal taxi, you don't know, so you will actually pay the same fee. I think that is, that is uh, uh, fair. So it, this is actually uh, uh, a better way because then being, uh, uh, operating as a freight, you just do not rely on one source for your business, and you can also get it from the street so that it will be much more viable.
2: But, but focusing on the reluctance of, ta- nor, you know, uh, I- uh, taxis to opt into a fleet. I mean, what can be done to incentivize those those taxi drivers?
3: Uh, it's, it's actually not the taxi driver to to opt in. They are or actually the license. They, are, they are actually uh, fleet owners in Hong Kong. There are companies that actually own a large number of taxis, and there are companies that who also operate a number of taxis. Uh, uh, in a way that you, I have, a ta- if I have, a, uh, I own a taxi. Instead of actually finding my own driver, I can pass it to a company. They charge me a fee and they lease it out. So there are taxis available. There are people who actually do manage, though, uh, to a very uh, low minimum standard of requ- satisfying the legal requirements, not in terms of providing better service. So the challenge is. Uh, to convince somebody or a company which is keen to actually provide uh, a more premium service. And yet these are the companies that own taxis. In fact, put it this way, uh, well, we just now, uh, Tony mentioned uh, 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 Uber taxi. Why can't Uber actually operate a taxi fleet? Right. <laughs> well, I right? think the
0: government has said actually yes that um, Uber yeah. is well, they, yeah. Uber, Uber would be own- uh, welcome to to apply for uh, to operate a taxi fleet. The, the uh,
3: only uh, we, we keep on saying that they are always keep on coming having the comment that why can't we uh, uh, legitimize uh, uh, Uber uh, service? The challenge is Uber in this existing form, the the the, the, the vehicle owner doesn't really have to uh, pay. a a premium of several million dollars to actually have the right to operate, right? And so it's really unfair if you say, okay, in this form it can be legalized.
0: We, we should explain that we did invite uh, Uber on the programme this morning, but uh, the uh, head of the Uber in Hong Kong was, was out of town, and so they were unable to appear. Um, um, Tony Z, how, how yeah. about um, the, the practical issues about having a taxi fleet service in Hong Kong? What's your opinion? Uh, I-
4: Think how about the say revising the uh, charging mechanism. So just like KY said that uh, the say uh, uh, for some customer they look for better service or at the peak time are higher demand. How about can we say review whether the charging mechanism can be changed? Say uh, at high demand time or more uh, customers look for the taxi, can can the the charge can actually be changed? Just like what we do for the post, other than
2: I mean, it, it seems to me there's still a lot of money for these taxi fleet operations. There's a lot of mon- investment money at the outset. I, I, I just, I, you know, I, I know, KY, you said that there are, are fleets out there already. Um, I I don't see that many myself, um, and, and, it's, and I don't think it's really caught on.
3: Well, yeah, the, uh, the fleet is actually in terms of... Uh, being managed, say, finding a driver or getting somebody to lease a taxi and then uh, making the arrangement, uh, but it's not really to provide a better service. So it's actually the, the nature of the freight operation right now, the freight owners, they just operate the taxi, offer the taxi, but not to provide higher service, higher level of service. So that will be the major change. And in fact, just now about if you have, uh, say, a vehicle, uh, a taxi freight, if the taxi fleet have a different external appearance, then even if it's being hailed on the street, you can still charge a higher premium. I mean, we can actually uh, 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 arrange legally that we can charge a higher premium. And whether uh, and it's up to the, 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 the passenger or the, the, the car, uh, customer on the street where they want to hail such a taxi.
0: Okay, uh, let let me bring in another comment from a listener, a satisfied Uber user by the look of it. Um, Saurabh. Says the main reason my friends and I have used Uber is because one, a taxi is unavailable in the area we're in, and two, taxis are there but they're unwilling to take us to where we want to go. They're faking that either they don't know where it is, or it's off, or they're nearly off duty, or shift change, or whatever. Or even worse, when you're trying to flag a taxi down on the road, and as a non-Chinese person, uh, they see you and ignore you, or put up their out of sign, um, out of service sign, just on purpose. With Uber or any service like that, and having used the Hong Kong taxi app as well, with very little success, with Uber or any similar service, I can preset my destination, not having to bother explaining to the taxi driver where I want to go. I can also make sure that I get there because I can track on the app in a map where I am and where I'm going. And I can make sure the uh, taxi driver is not taking me for an extra ride. So my customer. Uh, Tony C? Yes, I agree. Just like what,
4: what we do when we travel to some other countries we don't know how to speak the that language so I think it's actually a, if we have such a platform or such an app for the foreigners it would be easier for them
0: so, uh, but I mean, you, you're just thinking specifically of the language issue there. How about the more broadly being able to trace your ride, make sure the driver's not taking you on a, on yes, a long I, route?
4: Yes, also, I think also apply to the local customer that we often we also have the experience that the text driver tell us that they don't know the way. <laughs> where where uh, say you tell them the destination and then they ask for uh, how how to go to that destination. I think quite a lot of us also encountered in these situations.
0: KY, it strikes me, well, if we want to incentivize taxi trade to, I mean, taxi fleets and something, I mean, one thing taxi drivers would love is if they were allowed to do Uber-style surge surge pricing, wouldn't they? That would would get them moving. I mean, you might say surge pricing sort of unofficially exists already in that taxi drivers will um, put up their flag when it's raining or something and quite often ask for extra money. But uh, surge pricing, um, being able to charge more at peak times would be a huge incentive, wouldn't it, KY?
3: Uh, well, then it's really a matter of common policy whether whether uh, you're allowed to, to charge services. Government actually introduce it for toll, but for, for a different... Oh, that's a very whether, good point, whether, isn't it? It's, very, very legitimate <laughs> reason, right? But if you are a taxi fleet operator, you manage a fleet of taxi, then it's really, it's really uh, the, the operator's responsibility to, for example, uh, uh, spread out your shift changing time and things. In fact, in reality, there are people who actually sh- uh, between the two shifts they agree on a different uh, changing time, probably slightly early or slightly mm. later. So a- actually, I don't think we actually have to uh, uh, challenge that part. But on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, I do remember uh, there are places uh, uh, even twenty thirty years ago when I went to Beijing for a taxi, and in fact. There are other cities doing that as well. Say after 11 o'clock, 11.30, then you're allowed to charge higher. So I think it uh, varies with the time. I think uh, as long as you have uh, the, the, the rationale well spelled out, I don't think it's a major problem. And now electronically, I, uh, with all these electronic devices, uh, with all these uh, IITC facilities, I don't think it's a problem. Just in the same way as we manage our tunnel toll.
2: I like the idea, or actually I don't like the idea because I'm a passenger, of um, charging more for unsociable hours. Um, but but, but um, I, I want to get um, your views on, um, I tend to find that with traditional taxis, the drivers are, tend to be older, um, yeah. tend to be a lot older, whereas with the Uber drivers, they tend to be of you know, a lot younger than the traditional taxis anyway. I mean, there doesn't seem to me that, that, many, pe- that many young people wanting to go into the tra- traditional taxi business. What what do you it's,
3: use? It's just because the income to be a taxi driver nowadays cannot incentivize younger people to go into it and put it as a, a career of their own. I mean, simple enough. Right? So why do we get so much younger Uber drivers then? Well, because they get high pay, right? They get higher income, right? Even though it's considered, government keep on saying it, and in fact it's true. It's illegal. But well, and that's why I say increasing a fine may not be put the end of the uh, of the problem because they really get a much higher pay, and uh, at the same time they are equally flexible and, and, and free. You, you Uber driver, you can always say log on and, uh, and say that I, I want to be on duty, or you you do not log on. The same with taxi drivers. Even, of course, taxi drivers actually suffer a little bit more because they do have to pay the rental.
0: So is the real solution to uh, substantially increase uh, Substantially yeah. increase uh, taxi fares? in. I mean, taxi fares in Hong Kong, they've gone up a lot, but still by international terms compared with many other cities, uh, taxis are relatively cheap compared to many big cities around the world.
3: Well, uh, my own experience, only experience is I was waiting for a taxi uh, to go to work in the morning uh, in in front of my 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 place at home, right? And there are others who maybe they find that a bit frustrated. There's not much taxi, to, to, not too many taxi come. They try to uh, 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 call Uber or other other services, and they find that the charge is probably almost double that of the the taxi fare that we are expected to pay.
0: So that is, uh, that's the example of the surge pricing, which perhaps we would suggest to um, uh, <laughs> taxi drivers <laughs> would welcome going forward. Um, I think we're going to have to call this uh, discussion to a close here, um, and thank very much uh, KY mm. uh, who former president of Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, who's been with us um, from the start of the show, and also to uh, thank uh, Tony Z, Associate Professor of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Hong Kong Polytechnic University, who's joined us in the, this part of the discussion. I'll give the last word, uh, as often, to our listeners, there's a couple more uh, emails coming in um uh email from Hugh Hu, sorry says this is so typical of the ingrained insular hong kong stance to resist improving people's lives how can we attract overseas tourists and job seekers with attitudes like this uh, and uh, a longer email from uh, Les Les says Local taxi drivers are losing out to service like Uber because local taxi drivers provide a substandard service. Local taxis don't want to use Octopus or credit cards, and when the machines are fitted, they apparently don't work. There are some good taxi drivers, but they're increasingly few and far between. Unfortunately, most seem not to care. Uber is not the problem in Hong Kong, it's the taxi service itself. The vehicles and the drivers are unreliable, and the complaint lines don't work. Uber is a better choice. You know which route you're taking, you know what you're paying, and you know that your Uber driver and the car he's driving will be clean and tidy. Honestly, Hong Kong taxis do not represent our home. Uh, The Hong Kong government should seriously consider legalising Uber, not banning or fining them, and provide us with a choice to use better drivers' cars and services. Thank you very much, Les. Uh, Stay with us. 95 years of public service
2: broadcasting. Stay tuned
4: with Hong Kong. I'm Gilly of Consumer Council. Happy birthday, RTHK, for your 95th anniversary. May I wish you always filled with positive energy, continue to discover and report accurate, impartial and objective consumer news for consumers to shop smartly every day.
0: 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 stay, tuned years. Stay, tuned stay tuned with Hong
4: Kong. Hong Kong.
2: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 23388 266 and have your say.
0: In the closing segment of this morning's show, we're going to be looking at the uh, Translantau race, which kicks off tomorrow. And actually, I've been having a quick look at that. Uh, There's quite a a variety of um, options on the Translantau race. You can take the uh, 25-kilometre option, which I suppose is considered the soft option because it starts at 25k, and then it goes up to 50 kilometres, 100 kilometres, and wait for this, 140 kilometres around Lantau. Uh, So (laughs) if anyone's up up for uh, doing 100 one hundred forty uh, kilometers around uh, Lantel. Uh, Clement Dumont, who's the race director and co-founder of uh, Trans Lantel by U- U- UTMB, is here to tell us more. Uh, good morning, uh, Clement Dumont. Welcome to Backchat. Good.
5: Good morning. One
0: hundred forty kilometers around Lantau?
5: Yeah, you you will be surprised, but uh, a couple yes. of hundred people, couple of hundred <laughs> people, coming from uh, everywhere are uh, joining this hundred forty.
0: <laughs> what sort of time? I mean, you're not going to do that all in one day, are you? I, I saw some references on your website. Like watch out for village dogs, and um, uh, you can drop off a bag halfway through in Tayo or something like that, right? This, this is a uh, we have different terms, don't we? Marathon, ultra marathon. This is it must be in the ultra marathon or beyond category.
5: Yeah, because actually, if you say 140 kilometers, but they also do a lot of climbing, so over 7,000 meters climbing. So if you put it on a flat uh, route, it's over 200 kilometers. Uh, But we still have, uh, and we closed the registration a while ago, so we have over 400 people from uh, 30 different countries joining. And and the fastest, uh, because we have very, very strong uh, elite professional runners, they they will do it uh, within uh, 12 hours which is a very (laughs) fast pace. Uh,
2: Did you say there are 400 participants in the 140 kilometre race?
5: Yes, because this uh, longest distance is the first edition. So Translant Tower has been uh, a race uh, organised for 10, 10 years, so it will be the 10th edition. Um, It's been selling out for the last uh, five years, so it's been already uh, quite popular with uh, 45% from overseas, so from outside of Hong Kong. Uh, But we added this longer uh, distance uh, for the first time this year, so we didn't want to take too much risk, so we have only 400 people. But the other distance yeah have uh, 700 to 800 uh, runners uh, per distance. Um, and of course, we, we limit the number of people because uh, of the size of the trail.
0: So, 140k. This is the first time you're doing it, but the, the 100 kilometer one. You 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 That's you've been doing that several times before, right?
5: Yes, it has been on for for eight years, and uh, <clears throat> every year, uh, sending out and uh, many people, many Hong Kong runners actually, because uh, Hong Kong is uh, very popular for trail running. Is uh, one. Uh, the third region in the world where you have the highest concentration of trail running (laughs) believe it or not you have france spain and hong kong is uh, one of the (laughs) top three in terms of number of uh, runners uh, per 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 habitant so it's a very high concentration and this you can understand with all the trails we have in hong kong accessible and a a really great uh, trail network uh, which makes a popular activity in hong kong
2: Did did you design all of the different race trails? The 25, 50, 100, and
5: 140? Yeah, so I'm a trail runner myself. I I came, so I'm French, but I came to Hong Kong uh, 15 years ago and uh, it was my hobby. And uh, one day I decided, oh, I want to show to a local. Uh, people how uh, Lantau is a great uh, island so I started to design a uh, 50 kilometers and people really enjoy it and then it, it went up like this and uh, we increased the distance difficulty and uh, people still uh, oh. signing up joining and enjoying the challenge and the suffering <laughs> so this is how it started yeah it's part Goodness. of was in the
0: term no pain no gain right it's, it's the suffering is part of it is that right
5: exactly uh it's it's very interesting experience to see the finish line of uh, those events where you see people really uh, suffering or going over the limit but so happy to cross the finish line and this is one of the exception you you have with trail running is you go so far beyond your limits uh, physically and mentally that uh it's it's truly an experience of course you have elite runners going really fast uh, but the vast majority uh, for the 100 kilometer, will take over 24 hours, the 140 will take over 30 hours. And those people, they really dig deep into their uh, mental and physical. And uh, it's really uh, uh, rewarding to see those people crossing the finish line and happy uh, that you make them suffer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: 30 hours non-stop. That's amazing. Are you
0: going to stop at 140k? You're not going to try 200k next time or something. we reached the limits of human endurance at 140k route, Lantau. I'm not sure 200k. Where would you... I'm looking at the map. You already go... You go I think you go all the way there. You start at Moiwo, right? And then you they go all over there, Tai o. I think they even get down to Fan Lao, the opposite end. And uh, I'm not sure where you'd be able to add any more distance on.
5: No, you cannot... Uh, on Lantau, you, it's about the limit. No? Uh, we were asked to try to do 160 because it's 100 wow. miles, uh, but it's not really feasible unless you do repeat. And it's not the idea, it's you want to enjoy it, go to uh, new routes. So that's a bit the maximum you could do on Lantau. If you do go on new territories, you can go, go a bit longer. Uh, but it's already a very challenging uh, course because Lantau is technical, you have steep hills. And even the elites coming from Europe, uh, U.S. or China, they, they really see the climbs. In, in Hong Kong, the climbs, they go straight uh, with stairs. They don't, they, there's no many turns. So it's a really steep climb.
0: <laughs> you say coming from China as well. You have uh, a fair number
5: of runners from China? Yeah. So so we have, uh, <clears throat> so we have uh, 52 nationalities uh, on this edition. And, uh, and the elites, so the professional runners, they come from Europe mainland China, Japan. Um, So these are the the, the top countries. Um, And yes, after UTMB, uh, we have a series. uh, There's a series of 40 events around the world. Um, And we do have in Asia, we have China, uh, Thailand, South Korea and Hong Kong for now. Um,
0: And you start and finish in Muewo, is that right? In Silverbank Bay? Yeah,
5: so the start-finish is in Muiwo And uh, the reason is... Uh, quite simple. is uh, at, at that time, I was, I was living in Muiwo, so just make it simple <laughs> and organize a loop, uh, start finishing in Muiwo. Uh, but we found that the, the runners, they really like it because Muiwo you know, is a small village, very quiet, and, uh, and they enjoy coming here. And, uh, and it's, it's a good start for exploring Lantau.
2: Good business for Muo this uh, this weekend, I think. Uh, I hear that this year uh, for the 140 k kilometer race, um, one of the founders is going to be participating, and he's 68. Puts me to shame, I think.
5: Yeah, he's a very uh, so. We have the the, the founders uh, coming from uh, from France. They arrived uh, this morning, and yes, uh, Michel Politi, so the founder of uh, UTMB, so Ultra Trail Mont Blanc, which is the finals. And uh, in Chamonix, in France, in the Alps, in, in August every year, which attracts uh, 13,000 runners from all over the world and is really the mech of uh, trail running. So he will be uh, racing at the age of 68 and uh, should not be underestimating. He's, uh, he's a very, still very strong. And uh, I have no doubt he will cross uh, the, the the finish line.
0: Tell us about the sort of training uh, that you, if you're going to do 140, I mean, we talk about training for sort of running half <laughs> marathons or marathons and so on. And you normally, I'm, when I run them, you start training months in advance. But um, I mean, just how much training do you have to do to do a 140K um, event like
2: this? Or even 100. Yeah, or even, <laughs> even 50, maybe. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it really depends on, on your goals. Of course, of Professional runners, they, they will run 150 or 200 kilometers a week and uh, oh. with, uh, with climbs. That's a normal week, uh, But it? Yeah, but, but these are really the, the top eight. Uh, but we have to say it's the vast majority of uh, those runners are amateurs. They can have good amateurs or uh, amateurs just with the goal of finishing. Uh, you don't need to put that much mileage. Uh, what is important is the consistency. Mm-hmm. You need to have disciplines like in everything, and uh, you need to run regularly. Uh, of course, if you target 100 of 140, you need to run uh, probably five, five, at least five times a week, and do one long distance at least over the weekend. Uh, when we say long distance, is uh, 30, 30 or 40 kilometers uh, uh, in, in in one go, or you do what to do back to back runs. So you do. Uh, 20, 30 kilometers one day and the next day another 20 or 30 kilometers. So you had mileage on your legs. So what is important is to, to train your muscle to, to the endurance. And after it's a lot of in your mind, it is, is, is really pushing your, your, your body. And of course, nutrition is, is key. And that's why we have regular checkpoints. So people can ref, uh, refill in water, uh, energy drink uh, and food. And uh, you have to pace yourself with the nutrition.
2: And Clement, you are a competitive ultra runner yourself. So, are you going to be particip- participating in any of the races um, t- starting from tomorrow?
5: Um, <clears throat> no, I never had a chance to participate to my own race. Always too busy. But yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I do. I do a lot of them. I will be uh, in Thailand uh, next month because this is the last race uh, of the series uh, in Chiang Mai in uh, in December. So I will pa- be participating to, to this one. And, uh, yeah, I've done uh, many uh, uh, traveling races, but unfortunately not Translant Tower yet.
0: <laughs> I mean, you said 140K has been, uh, there's a quota, but are there 25, 50, and 100K? Which, which is the most popular?
5: Um, at this stage, um, of the, I would say the one that uh, sell out within minutes is uh, the 50 kilometer. Um, And then the 100k also very quick, uh, we're all talking uh, within, before COVID, uh, because of course we have a a before and after COVID, before COVID used to sell out within uh, minutes to hours. Um, no, it, it took um, very two days to uh, set
0: up. Yeah, I'm sorry, I have to. Very interesting indeed, and good luck with the races on here. I have to cut you off there. That. that was Clement du- Dumont talking about the Translantau race. So if you see some uh, tired people in pain over Lantau over the weekend, <laughs> that's them. Uh, thank you very much uh, to my guest presenter, Rainbow, and Backchat will be back tomorrow with uh, Andrew Work.